Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, still not able to improvise because of the coronavirus, and it sucks. But I'm joined today by the lady that's driving the fun bus. She's my personal Alabama enforcer. Her name's Chelsea Bennington. How you doing, Chelsea? I'm doing wonderful. You know, you mentioned driving, and fun fact about me, I used to have a boating license. (laughs) Chelsea on the high seas. Now, on a scale of one to ten, one being a landlubber, ten being Quint, the captain of the orca in Jaws, where would you rate yourself? Uh, No. Even though I got my boating license, it's very easy to get in Alabama. You don't even have to drive a boat to get it. Like, you just take a test. (laughs) So, I'm probably a four. (laughs) Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. And speaking of fair ladies, joining us as the guests today, they bring out the double X chromosomes in the band Soraya. They are dear friends of ours. Singer Zuzu Mansur and drummer Brianna Sig. Hello, ladies. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you holding up in the quarantine? Doing good. It was really hard not to laugh with the whole boat. Um, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to <laughs> be cool till it was our turn, but it was difficult. We're, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, same. Hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brianna, nodding don't some work on a podcast. You've been on this before. And feel free to laugh all you want. You don't need to mute yourself. It gives me validation. <laughs> but I'm glad you're doing well as musicians. Quarantine sucks. Yes, it does. I've watched a lot of movies. I've watched a lot of TV. Um, I've, uh, the next album is pretty much inspired by, because I've been writing the next album and we've been working on it in rehearsals and demoing and pre-production. And most of the songs are inspired by some form of TV series. And when you all get it, you'll probably know what. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Here I was thinking that most of the songs would be about isolation because, hey, but uh, I find it a little bit surprising, uh, Zuzu, that you've watched a lot of movies and a lot of TV, because the, the, the impetus for this episode was you texted me like, Rick, how do you watch Hannibal? Yeah. Well, by a lot of TV, I mean just Hannibal. Yes. <laughs> just I, Hannibal. Like, I started watching it when it was on with Beautiful Lady. I tuned out. She kept going. You're like, I've watched it three times now. I'm going to watch it with Brianna. So... Uh, you don't like things a little. Well, I do. That's what's so surprising about Hannibal is because I was, I remember um, early on, I was in the third season of my first watch through. The only reason I was even watching it was because our, our tour manager, Chris Versace, was posting about it like crazy. I'm like, all right, let's check it out. And honestly, the first few episodes, I would just fall asleep. So I had to rewatch them a bunch of times. Because I'm just like, you know, it was like late night TV. It was just not you know, it was more of a backdrop snooze box than anything else. So when I finally started getting into it, by the third season, I remember texting Brianna and being like, just give me my life back. I just want my life back because I'm getting nothing accomplished. And all I want to do is just study the show. Like the every word they say is, you know, this artistry. And I actually um, have since watched, just to get ready for today's podcast was, um, uh, Red Dragon the other day, the original Red Dragon, 
promote too with uh, Ed Norton and uh, I was about to say that's the one with like Philip Seymour Hoffman too right yeah. yes yeah that's a good movie yeah really well acted too but I I noticed which lines were transferred into the TV series which you know I hadn't seen the movie I had seen Hannibal and I'd seen the original Silence of the Lambs but it'd been a long time since then so I didn't remember certain lines and I was like, oh, that's straight from the movie. Like, mm -hmm. but it was kind of put into like a context of different, different than the movie. So. And, 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 like, and cool. the Thomas Harris novels, little known fact, Hannibal was a great Valentine's Day film. Which one was? Hannibal. Oh yeah, yeah. When, 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 when you're looking for romance, there's nothing quite like that love story. S serial killer, uh, yeah, and FBI agent is always mm -hmm. undercurrent of sex going on there is always exciting. <laughs> yeah, I I first watched Hannibal when it when it originally aired in uh, 2013 because I was a huge fan of Brian Fuller, the creator, because he also created and wrote for one of my favorite shows of all time, Pushing Daisies, which is so fucking opposite of Hannibal like yeah. it still has that um it, it's a, it has a morbid layer to it of course because it's surrounded by death but the saturation of it like the the dialogue the characters it's just so sunny and delightful um but it, it's about a pie maker who brings people back from the dead but only for 60 seconds and <laughs> It's so, it, it's so good. And it's, I think Brian Fuller unfortunately has bad luck with keeping shows on air. Yeah. Um, Pushing Daisies only lasted for like two seasons. Um, yeah. And I love it so much, but I love Pushing Daisies. And I was like, it's doing something with Hannibal. And I immediately was obsessed. But Brianna, were you like first, did you like get hooked immediately when Zuzu showed it to you or? Um, I was like, because <laughs> she built it up, I was like, all right, you know what, I gotta watch this now, <laughs> I'll watch it with you, and um, the first episode, like, the, just the beginning of the first episode, I thought it was just gonna be, like, another, like, cop show, kind of, like, like oh, yeah, serial cop show, like, oh, it's one of those, and, but it, as it, like, progressed, though, I was like, all right, this is kind of cool, like, it was a cool take, like, how he put himself in the place of the, the killer and everything, I was like, okay, and then it just, like, like how it's like beautifully um, shot. I was like, that that really drew me in. So all visual stuff, and so I was like, all right then, I like this. This is awesome. She she knows what she's talking about. Like she always does. But I'm always like the uh, <laughs> you know sister that's always like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you were gutted at the end of the third season. I was. She was gutted. Oh, yeah. So after like yeah, after the third season, I was yeah. just like, holy crap! Like that that last scene is so beautiful. Yeah, I, I yeah. honestly, I was gutted after the end of the second season. She was at the end of the third. And the whole way through, as I'm convincing her, I'm like, you, you want to watch it with me? We'll buy a fire stick. So <laughs> we went halfsies on a fire stick just to watch Hannibal. I love that. Uh, but now we use it for other things too. But, um, but she, uh, I, I, like every episode, I was like, are you sure you really like this? Like, do you, you don't have to watch it. I'm going to watch it anyway. But like, you know, that feeling of like when you invite somebody in and you're like, I hope they like it as much as I like it because it's so, you know, and I hadn't been invested in any series of anything before. Like the only thing I can think of is, is like the first ever Star Wars movie when I was really, really small. I remember like seeing it 800 times. <laughs> I do love when you find those things that you just so specifically love, like, and I understand what you mean by, like, showing it to Brianna and being like, you know, I, 
I really like it, but if you don't really like it, just tell me and I won't make you watch it because I get so sensitive when I when I introduce somebody to something I love dearly, especially a TV show, because if they're not invested, then I'm going to feel bad if they're watching like several seasons of something that they're only trying to appease me. Um, so I totally get that you're just like, I'm going to keep watching, but if you don't like it, you don't, you don't have to. Um, but I love that you both were able to like intensely bond over it too. Yeah, I definitely felt like I was in the show. Like I got, in the you know what I mean? Like I was in my head all the next day thinking about like, why did they do that? Or why did so-and-so do this? Or what do you think it meant? Do you think he's really a killer? Or do you think that just maybe like Hannibal's making him a killer. They say Hannibal's making him a killer, but maybe he's just a killer, but maybe he's not a killer. Anyway, I, I've come to a conclusion about that as well, but <laughs> I not to go into an obsessive cycle because honestly, as I'm watching it again, I'm like, I totally disagree with my previous thoughts. So it's, it can go on loop for like years. I may never anything again, so. If, if you were in the show and, and I had known you then, I probably would have kept watching. Yeah. Well, you can watch now. It's on Netflix. Plus, Rick, I think it gets, it gets, like, I kept telling her, I was like, wait till, like, after episodes, like, five, six, seven, because to me, like, then it really kicks in where you're invested in the characters. Like, before I wasn't. Like, I, I was kind of like, this is cool. You have nicknames for them, too, right? Yeah, I, I, I bailed out before that. Uh, my girlfriend wanted to start watching it as it was airing right on NBC. And first of all, I'm skeptical because it's NBC. Uh, right around the same time, they adapted one of my favorite comic books called Constantine about this British fuck up of a wizard uh, who deals with a lot of dark shit. And that doesn't really work on a regular network kind of thing. Some horror doesn't work with it. So I'm like, I don't want to be disappointed again because, uh, you know, NBC, that's a network for more, like, medical dramas where, you know, every once in a while, doctors also kiss. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, this is true. If, if you're ever watching New Amsterdam and you like the ceiling on that show, yeah. this guy. Anyway. <laughs> so add that, plus I, I've read the books uh, and I've seen the previous films. And I enjoyed them all except Hannibal Rising, which at that point was just, I think Thomas Harris was just really into samurais. And, yeah. and the book company was like, here, we'll cut you a check. It's like, okay, this time Hannibal's a young ninja. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch the trailer for that on YouTube, and I was like, eh. It's nope. confusing. It's just very jarring. Like, right. as a Hannibal movie, I'm just like, where... Why? <laughs> like, I just, I, I didn't understand how it, uh, how it went with the others. I've never, I've never read the books, but I watched the movies. Yeah. But Hannibal Rising, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. That movie, I, I can't even remember specifics about it um, because it was just so weird. Yeah. See, that's what I got from the, the trailer. I was like, yeah. I'm so invested in, in like even Anthony Hopkins version. Like, I just don't think. I don't think it'll, it, it may disappoint me. And I'm so attached it to would. it. I don't want to be. I, so I kind of go with what you say, Rick, because I remember when it came out too, and I was not interested in watching it because I was like, what are they going to remake Hannibal? How can you do that? But I like totally was closed-minded to the idea. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember uh, after watching it being like, they're going to not be able to do these scenes on TV. 
And then I saw a panel um, that, that all the actors and Brian Fuller did. And Brian Fuller is like, we made best friends with the, um, I forget what's the censor group. Because mm -hmm. we needed them to okay a lot of things that were just on the brink of not being okay. <laughs> you know, one of the first things we did was befriend that group of people at NBC because we had to work with them. And then he was going on about how the different blood in the in the clothes was different than the blood on the skin versus like everything like that and so how much they could get away from. And the one scene where Mason Verger is feeding his face to the dogs that's deliberately dark because they couldn't get it past the censors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like him cutting his face off and feeding it to the dog. So it's anyone who knows that scene, I think it's in two, season two, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, it's very, very dark. Like it's not lit almost at all. There's like barely any light there. Standards and practices can be difficult. I I, rem I think it was the third episode. There were like some mushroom people. I'm like, that's the grossest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I can appreciate it. But I think right before that, right after that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the fourth episode didn't air on NBC because of some kind of controversy. And that's when I threw my hands up and I'm like, well, they're going to fuck it up now. <laughs> it really didn't air? See, I didn't know all if, that. If I recall, I don't remember what the controversy was. There may have been, I mean, it's America. I'm guessing there was a mass shooting or something. I don't remember what that fourth mm -hmm. episode pertained to specifically. But yeah. at that point, I just kind of, you know, Said, all right, I'm I'm out, beautiful lady. If you want to keep watching, keep going. Yeah. And and she did, and she loved it. But I also every few months in the horror community, Brian Fuller pops up and is like, I have ideas for another season. And it's like, what are you gonna do? Because because if it ends abruptly, and like he keeps teasing another season, like you know, why why be unsatisfied? Why go down that road and then just well, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm still I'm still bitter about those last four seasons of Dexter. Well, that's a, that's a different case, but I think very that, different. But one thing uh, to mention, because um, I just looked it up. Yes, Rick, you're right. The episode was originally set to be broadcast on April 25th, 2013. Um, however, uh, the episode was pulled from the broadcast schedule at the request of Brian Fuller. It was still shown in other countries. It was reported at first that it was because of the Boston Marathon bombings That's that actually only happened hours beforehand. It was more likely due to the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. Um, so, kids. yeah. Sorry, I just realized which episode it was. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. And he was, and Brian Fuller said, it was my own sensitivity. I want to be respectful of the social climate we're in right now. I do um, appreciate that it was the creator that wanted that done. But I will say, I, I don't mind when creators, like Brian Fuller especially, because he did this with Pushing Daisies and when he was still on board with American Gods, which I think he left American Gods, and that's when I left that shit show as well. Um, but uh, he, he said that he had, you know, seven seasons planned with the books and everything. And I like when creators do have a thorough plan I do think sometimes it does hinder them from when the show does get canceled. I think that's one of the reasons I believe Penny Dreadful has one of the worst like TV show endings because he decided to skip to what the ending was going to be after several seasons. And instead he clumped it in the third season where it didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Brian Fuller did, I, I 
personally think Brian Fuller realized in season three, the ratings were declining and he just wanted to tie things up without it being exactly the way he wanted it. And yeah. he left it open for the inevitable reboot that we're going to get. Um, so yeah, I don't mind that he had so many seasons planned. I would have loved to see them all in fruition because the show, um, it's just so gorgeous. And one of the first things that we talked about uh, when we were texting about the show and about this episode was uh, y'all mentioned that it has such a rewatchable um, factor because yeah. of all of those super tiny details that end up making you change your mind. And so I would love to hear, like, after you said you watched it three times already now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Brianna, have you only watched it once run through or twice? twice. So, I'm like, just twice. <laughs> I couldn't get her on the third. <laughs> get her. She's like, I was like, girl, let me live. No. Um, so There's other I would, shows. I would love to hear. <laughs> and this can be... Um, spoiler heavy yes. there will be a disclaimer yes. this show has been on the air so you can spoil things but i would love to hear from you both things that you noticed in your second or third watch um or theories that you had or opinions you had that shifted after watching it again go ahead yeah. okay <laughs> loaded okay. question right now. <laughs> well i don't i kind of like just going off the cuff i was thinking what i noticed just i think because i have such a love for words and I really feel like Brian Fuller was such a great, is such a great writer. I can follow him now on Instagram stuff, just follow his thought process. I've watched like a lot of his uh, talks about the show. Um, I'm such a, like, you know, there's this one part in season two where he says, I can whisper in the chrysalis and I can, uh, I can something. It was like a whole, I really wanted to steal those lines to put them in a song. And I was like, that's just too beautiful. Like just the idea of like, I can do what I can do, but it's up to you to, you become what you become. Like, I can't, I didn't make you into a creation kind of like, and so I'm such a big lover of words and I listen really articulately to, to, to lyrics and songs, to words and TV shows. And I think that's really what pulled me into the show to begin with was the conversations between um, Hannibal and Will Graham. We don't and steal, Zuzu, we liberate. <laughs> liberate phrases. Yes. We liberate them because yes. they need to be out of the gate of just that area mm -hmm. of the world. But yeah, it was just so beautiful that I, I I actually think about what they talked about. And on the second watch through, there, I found that there were so specific words that weren't just those kinds of phrases where they just pulled you in with their beauty and like kind of poetry, but there were certain things they said to each other. I was like, oh my God, that gives a whole, like one line made a whole different meaning to the whole show uh, episode that you were watching. And then even the episode you guys were just talking about in episode four that they pulled in 13, which right now it's like, it seems like more realistic. That's just the way it is kind of thing. Unfortunately, it's kind of like that it's, I'm numb to that kind of newness of that. So I was watching it and just how even Jack talks to the kid um, that was going back to kill his parents and he was like, I wasn't really going to do it. He goes, well, you're going to be talking to a lot of psychiatrists about that. And then the kid asked him if he had ever had a family. He's like, no. So it's just like this adult and this child, like level of conversation and revelation that's going on about like um, just humanity and your human experience. Like to me, it's just so powerful. But even that episode and how Will, when he's figuring out that 
who's guilty of this murder, these murders, these serial family murders, he talks about them. I'm like, he's talking about himself because you, you have that um, advantage of having seen the whole thing the whole way through. And now you know who the character is. So you go back and you're like, they're actually living out this episode that's gonna, that kind of is about, it's like a microcosm of who they are, of who their whole like Hannibal's relationship with Will, with Jack's relationship with Will, his relationship with Alana. It's like, it's all metaphor, like the whole thing, which is what I found, like it, it wasn't, and it was like, not like I had to think hard about it. Like it wasn't as smart, like it was smart, but it wasn't as a watcher. I just, it kind of like, aha, aha. Mm -hmm. Like every time I rewatch it through, I'm like, it, it's like watching it for the first time in a different way. You know what I mean? So, so far I'm on my fourth run and, and, and I've watched several episodes probably 10 times each um, that were really lyric heavy, kind of word heavy. Um, and I still, I'm, I'm kind of now I'm bored of the plot because I know it, but I but the <laughs> birds and the cinematography never is getting, never gets old. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing. I agree with that part. Like, like the, how each, I think, I don't know if each murder sort of has something to do with Will. Like the, like the horse thing too, like yeah. rebirth. I was like, yeah. oh crap, second time around. I was like, wait a minute. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. They were changing. The they yeah. weren't, they weren't yeah. murdering. They were changing. Yeah. And that's oh, like I a theme throughout the show about everybody's changing. And you're always still like, people growing and changing into who they're supposed to be. It's a beautiful thing. I was like, no, they're changing into a murderer. Like they're realizing yeah. they're a murderer or there's that we all have that tendency. And is it nurtured in us by who we surround ourselves with? Right. Or is it, um, trained into us or like you know and it makes you think of like real serial murders you're like because there's there's always that question like do we have that capability and like <laughs> I, I remember saying to the band when I first went to rehearsal after I just watched it I'm like I could totally murder someone <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I, and I, like, I laughed because I couldn't good night everybody yeah <laughs> everyone <laughs> everyone packs up their gear they're like oh, yeah, uh -huh. it's beautiful. It's like <laughs> they somehow made made it into this beautiful. Like you're changing this person into something else without their will, or they're you know they're okay with it. But you know, but then even the stag stuff was like just powerful. It was like this part of you that could be dark. And Dig Your Roots is about that, like looking at your darkness and your light, and going like, is it? I don't need to cut that off or pretend it's not there. Like you know, out of fear of you know it it taking over, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, controlling yeah, so it. Just to remind all of our listeners, Dig Your Roots was the last Soraya album, came out, uh, what was it, March this year? Right March before everything Friday went the 13th, our albums always come out. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I'm taking away from that statement is don't get so close to the stage next time I can see you in concert. <laughs> now that you in your way. <laughs> yeah, because last time, you know, you came out, you pulled my ponytail and then kept right on singing. Um, another thing which our, our listeners can't see is that uh, with Zuzu and Brianna on the same Zoom screen, you kind of look like a rock and roll lady Statler and Waldorf of the Muppets, <laughs> and I'm really enjoying that aspect of things. From, uh, what do you call it? The Muppet dudes, right? Oh, we do! <laughs> yeah, the, the, the old dudes in the balcony that would heckle Fozzie the entire time. I say something, she's like, ha, 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 and I say, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Like, it's kind of frustrating, and we should be like, that's a Patreon idea. Like, we should do Muppets that are us, like, just do the wigs. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be fucking awesome. Did I just laugh the whole time? 
can we do that? Sounds yeah, like we gotta fun. take a puppet making class. I don't know how to. And it could just be you guys ranting about Hannibal. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> it's like if the Muppets watched Hannibal obsessively, <laughs> this I, is what would happen. I, I think there are Muppet factories where you can have your own Muppets. They're probably not cheap, but it could be done. I mean, if it's not cheap, it just means you're going to see them a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we're going to get our money's worth with like, these. If, if if you save a lot on recording costs, maybe little Steven will gift you some Muppets <laughs> and just tell you, yeah, just put some jersey on it. Yeah. <laughs> Back some jersey on it. Yeah, that'd be nice, actually. I mean, that's a Christmas gift. <laughs> I was watching a documentary with him in his recently, and that's all I had in my head the entire time as he was laughing. Thanks to Brianna's story, it was a uh, oh, rumble, yeah. the documentary about Native Americans and rock and roll, and he's chiming in. And I've mentioned this before. When hearing his show on Sirius Radio, he's the only DJ I won't turn off when they're talking about music, because like yeah. everybody else, is like, oh, you're fucking boring. He'll just go on, and it may have nothing to do about music. It could be like some guy that owned an ice cream shop with a jukebox in New Jersey back in the 40s, and then maybe one of the customers was Buddy Holly. We don't know. Nailed it. You, you just gotta be along for the ride. Uh, yeah. Yep, you nailed it. That's you absolutely. Beer, like that one time, I was like, what? <laughs> he does bring in a film a lot too, do you it. notice? He brings mm -hmm. film in a lot, and how like music and film kind of go together, and even TV. Yeah. Big fan of Sinatra too. Well, it could it could make or break. I mean, well, it does make or break uh, movies and TV shows depending on their music choices and their mm -hmm. score choices or their lack of score choices. Because I think that's Rick. That's what you didn't like about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, right? Was how silent that movie was. Yeah, could have used uh, some music. Uh, it also uh, when they were on the beach with those those little scarves over their mouths separately watching that months ago in quarantine i'm like no oh, that's me and jen's next date night once we get antibody tests <laughs> that's also that's funny you say that because just to digress for a second i was watching um so i watched i rewatched hannibal a couple of months ago um and i've rewatched some other shows and i'm saying this to justify that i have really good taste because what i'm about to say will make it sound like i don't um, but I've also been re-watching a lot of like trash reality shows on in the background. So I've been having on like the Real Housewives franchise, Rock wow. of Love with Brett Michaels. That's a different kind of horror. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, when I watch it, you know how there's always those like fake reality setup scenes where they're at parties and they all like, they hug or like kiss on the cheek. Yeah. I'm forgetting that this was filmed 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? I'm like, why are you touching yeah. each other? <laughs> so I don't know if you guys are doing that. <laughs> but. I think that's just part of our um, culture right now. Yeah. Like, we actually talk to people without masks on. Does that really happen? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I just find myself in those, it, it's like I feel myself flinching a little bit when it's yeah. like, hi, kiss on the cheek. I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it is a little weird you know seeing like you know uh, a scene with like a tremendous amount of extras and knowing that in new york uh, where i'm living they they some places are trying to cast and make things happen but then things get rolling and you have like batman just recently had to shut down again in england 
because Robert Pattinson tested positive. So I'm like, I don't know how you do it safely. But conversely, uh, you know, one of the many times you, you texted me about Hannibal, I'm like, have you watched the L7 documentary? Yeah. There's a scene where they did a photo shoot in Japan wearing surgical masks. And then that night, everybody in the audience after the, the article, the photos ran in the newspaper, showed up with surgical masks. And I'm like, if well, that's the future of concerts, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Right? I think so you, so you should watch this documentary. Again, like I said, if only to see Nick Cave dancing with L7 on a tour bus to the Brian Jonestown massacre. Can I just say you never mentioned that part before? And now, I am positive I mentioned that. Lord. That means I wasn't paying attention. I, I, I'm not very good at paying attention sometimes. Like the I, hell you say. I pick out what I hear, and there might be three other things in there, but I only got the one thing. So you may very well have you were, you, you, were like, you read the first sentence, watched the L7 documentary, and then you back, went back to Hannibal looking into, was the, on. into so the, dreamy, was <laughs> the dreamy eyes of Maddie Milkison's. <laughs> Maddie. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Maddie Milkison's. <laughs> Milkison's. <laughs> yeah. I actually find yeah. uh, Will Graham pretty handsome. That's why. Oh, I'm. Hugh Dancy is so handsome. I think yeah. him and Claire Danes are such a cute couple, too. Um. But yeah, so one other thing you guys uh, mentioned uh, was the cinematography, and I have to I have to call out. There's one scene I love, and it was it was a very polarizing scene when it came to like the Hannibal fandom, the Fanables, yeah. as uh, Mads Mikkelsen would call them. But um, <laughs> they saw it as like fridging a character, which I understand. But when yeah. Beverly, I'm sorry. What did this of wedding? Uh, fridging a character, which means it's um you kill the woman to further develop uh the man's character. Mm -hmm. Like it, it happened. I I think it came from and it's a comic book thing. It's a Green Lantern right? comic. Where yeah. A new Green Lantern, Kyle Jordan, his girlfriend was murdered and stuffed in the refrigerator. So apparently yeah. that's in the lexicon now. Well, yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very popular statement that a lot of like, especially uh, people that write about feminism um, and women's, the portrayal of women in pop culture, bridging a woman is, you know, just killing her character for man pain so that the man can, you know, grieve her death or um, it can further develop as a character. So a lot of people saw when Beverly was killed in Hannibal, that is like bridging a character for Will's pain. I, I disagree with that. I, I understand some of the debate when it comes to you know, killing a minority character in such a, in such a way. But yeah. that scene, uh, that scene, the reason I call it out with the cinematography is I think that that's just a perfect example of how fucking gorgeous those death scenes would be or those, um, it's not even their murder scenes. It's just the scenes when the bodies are found in such an artistic way. And I know that one was pulled from an actual work of art. I forgot the name of it, but it was uh, an artist did a similar thing with a cow, which as a vegetarian, I'm a little like, huh. But yeah. um, <laughs> like, that's a little yeah. weird, but I just wanted to call that, is that out. The, is that the thing that. where like the cow is sliced up? Yep. And, and that's like plexiglass. Yes. And that's okay. what happens to Beverly's character. Her blood is drained and Hannibal presents her in a way where she is thinly sliced in plexiglass. Yummy. It's actually, <laughs> I would recommend Rick looking up a picture of it. It's beautifully done. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Italian horror in a way when they just make blood and gore so beautiful. Yes. 
in the giallo genre. Mm -hmm. It just means yellow. <laughs> but yeah, so what, what are, what are y'all's uh, thoughts, opinions, ravings on the cinematography of the show? But like I think first to address that Beverly Katz, um, I totally don't think it's that either. I think um she was such an independent, strong character, um, almost a female in in a male dominated situation. And um she was such a strong, intelligent woman. And what they did say about the way he killed her was most times he humiliated people in death, but he always made it a work of art and some mm -hmm on their on what they did in life that was either the wrong thing or the right thing with her he cut her up as the dissection of like that's what she used to do with evidence she used to cut up evidence and exactly evidence like that's one of those lines that i didn't get on the first two watches i didn't get it either <laughs> that's why i think the show's brilliant like it's not so brilliant maybe the first time around but the second and third you're like wow like the writing is like with the perspective of knowing what happens is different than when you don't know what happens next, you're caught up in that. But yeah, I think the cinematography, that the work of art ideas, like even the body totem and all that, and they, they explain them and I thought it was really beautiful because I know even Hannibal uh, in the very beginning, even though he didn't commit all those, the totem death or whatever, but um, he said like, if you, he says to Will, if you cultivate those inspirations as the, as the art they are, and it's like, he looked at the murder as an art, like, you know what I mean? And what he did with the after body as art. So I thought like, that's a different view of murder. Um, and what I loved it, and when I think cinematography, I particularly think of the last two, of two particular episodes, the, the season finale of season two and the finale of season three. And I'm talking about the very end cap scenes, like the, in season two, when they're in um, Hannibal's house and all the devastation occurs, just the way it's raining, which she pointed out to me, I didn't even notice the rain and what it meant. And I still don't know what it means fully. I can make it mean millions of different things, yeah. but like the, the raining and the dark with the light that they use, constantly use dark and light. Um, and everybody's, if you look at the way their faces are lit, when major things are about to happen, Will almost always has a dark and a light on his face yeah. as he's talking to the FBI people. So there's this part of him that's dark. It's like very visual, the show. And it's not like dumb visual. I don't know how else to say it. It's not like, hey, this is because he has dark and light. It's like more- um, It's, it's subtle. Yeah, yeah, it's subtle. It's subtle. I didn't really even notice it till like halfway through. And then they, I watched a panel and they were talking about that. If you notice even their clothing, it's red before like a murder scene, like the, there's red, there's strong reds. Red all the time, yeah. I just was watching an episode the other night, uh, re-watching an episode, and it was Alana Bloom dressed in, and she had a like mainly whitish, blackish dress on. She was at dinner with Will and Hannibal, going like, what is the relationship here? And she splattered in red. Like her whole, like the whole outfit was like designed to be like, these two together are murderers, but alone they're not. They're not that same murderer we're looking for. So it was like, and I just noticed that the other episode but the beauty of like it's almost like film it, it reminded me like of an artistic european film the way they filmed and and the the coloring in the last when they kill the red dragon and then they oh fall off the cliff i'm like my god look at the sky and look at the the mm -hmm. colors and just are so gothic i guess um it is it is very gothic like the whole yeah. the whole style even their choices of 
One thing I read, I think it was like on IMDb trivia a while back, is that there is red in every single scene, um, and or at least most of the scenes, and um, just the way the lighting is and the. It's so hard to explain, and I'm sure I'm butchering it. Where a filmmaker would be like, "Stop talking," but um, <laughs> the show has a way of looking so crisp and sharp, but it has that grainy effect at the same time. Like it's just it's so beautifully done, but there's so there's so many scenes where it does feel um, classic, like. Yeah, yeah, just very, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, I, I can't find the right description in, in my head, but it is, like, it's just so beautifully done, and um, I'm pretty, I'm sure you've seen it, but you watched the post credit scene of the series finale, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, with um, Bedelia. Oh, with Bedelia? With the, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I know some people missed that. I, I was about to say, with your face, I was like, oh, shit, we got to pause so that you can go watch this. Um, <laughs> but even you'll get it on the seventh run through. <laughs> I like in, I pull it up in on about right in now. about two weeks from now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, even that scene, it's so like it's it's lit very dim, and the way that the camera pans to like where you know her leg is on the table, and there's a lack of leg under the table, and it's just it's done so well. And that yeah, that last scene of them falling off the cliff together, it, it makes me very happy that Brian Fuller also agrees that they are more than friends, that there is an intense love and passion there. Because yeah. ugh, those two together, the chemistry. It's Yep, there was really good chemistry between the actors. Like, mm -hmm. like really good. It made you want to, like, be like, wow, you're like, it was such a weird relationship, but it was perfect at the same time. Perfect. Yeah. No, it's such a it's such a beautiful show, and I and I loved what they did with Alana Bloom's character because, and I I read that Brian Fuller the reason he went the bisexual direction in the third season was why because, not. Well, exactly. Why not? It's also, I mean, bisexuality is a very normal thing, but also mm -hmm. he did that because he felt, he felt off about making her like the woman between two men. Like he knew she was more than that. Like that is not her story that she's tied between two men. And yeah. he was like, she needs to go off and do her own thing and live her life. And, you know, while staying, you know, tied to these characters. So get some lady love in there. And I, I loved that. I was like, I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> so I was like, where'd that come from? Like, that was so random, but that, that makes sense. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, it was. It was so random. I was <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh. <laughs> but, um, but that's something I loved that he did with her. And I would have loved to see more of that. Because I was just like, all right, okay, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was wondering if in the next season there would be more of, of those two um, in in it because they, you know, take off. Mm -hmm. Like thinking Hannibal, I don't know if Hannibal, if they died or what, they, it looks like they died, but like, you know, they were leaving so that they weren't in danger yeah. of Hannibal. And, and, um, and they did say again in a panel I watched, the, which is, it's all the same panel. So it's not like I watched 80 panels, but they were saying <laughs> that uh, Brian Fuller was very specific not to do sex, sexually um sexual murders like he didn't want to have like rape or any kind of those kind of murders 
um, but also that he felt that the women are strong characters in this show. Yeah. They're equal str strength as um, the males. It's they so true. Too, but they were, you know, their their stories were, and I felt like in the third season you saw a lot more of Alana Bloom on her own. And oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think Abigail's one of the best written younger female characters I've seen, like on a TV show. I think she's done so well. And I will say, I think a lot of people have the theory, and I agree with it. And I more so agree with it because I know Brian Fuller's been trying to get that reboot off the ground, and he said the cast is on board. So I'm like, well, then they can't be dead because you want to do, you, you want to bring it back. But with the last scene, there is three place settings. Yep. So a lot of, which I know you've probably read and looked into that as well. So that's a lot of people's theory. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of people's theory that, you know, um, and one of my favorites was I was watching the scene this morning on YouTube because I just wanted to watch that scene again. And I just, I was like, what do YouTube comments say? And someone just broke down like why they think Hannibal and Will are alive. And they were like, look guys, she obviously couldn't cook her leg herself. She would have had to. Says who? We're talking about strong women here. A strong woman can cook their own leg if they want to. And I was like, I know, right? But I just loved that that was like, number one. She couldn't have cut off and survived and cooked her leg herself. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just so funny to me that this person felt very passionate about laying out all the reasons Will and Hannibal are alive, and the first one is because she needed help cooking her leg. <laughs> That's a valid, valid point, right. I guess. I mean, it's a valid point, and I was just like, I, I love the fans of this show. <laughs> I posted one thing on one, oh my god, I got like 200 and some, uh, like so I was like that's more than I've given on anything I've ever done in my life like I, I need the yeah I need the Soraya and Hannibal crossover because yeah. I feel like yeah. you're gonna get so many more people you'll be great on that show just saying well again little Stevens he's got connections in Hollywood but based on what everybody is saying I definitely feel this show could have benefited more if I mean Streaming wasn't as popular when the show began, but if it was on at least basic cable, where back then standards and practice was, uh, don't show breasts and don't say fuck. And yeah. now if you air it at 10 o'clock, you can say fuck. <laughs> or if it was on a premium cable, then they could do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, but the thing is, Rick, I, I respectfully disagree because I think the show, I, I never felt like there were limitations from censorship. Like, because the show was very bloody and very gory. Mm. I think it would have, I was about to agree with you because I thought you were going to say it would have benefited from streaming because this is one of those shows that I think would do better is like, or would have done better is like a Amazon Prime show or Netflix show or Hulu, like mm. original, where you can binge it or where, yeah. um, so, so I agree that it would have done better on that type of platform yeah. and I hate that it just missed that popularity yeah, it, it, by it, hair. It sounds yeah. like it got greenlit ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. But I if if it was on if streaming were as big back then, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
fans like Zuzu, like yourself, like Brianna, could have got on social media like, yo, motherfucker, check this out. Instead of, you know, and then right before your nightly news and Jay Leno, you get to see Maddie Milkinson's cook and eat a leg. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think, I definitely think there was nothing that was hindered creativity wise. Um, I'm curious right now. Yeah. I want to google what hannibal's lead-in was <laughs> it was probably like, like what, what was on before i don't even remember i i don't know nbc Russians. yeah i don't i don't remember what was airing during that time was that I, I, yeah. 10, I wonder is it 10 you said yeah i think it would have been probably came on like at nine i would say it probably came on at eight or nine Primo rehearsal time. That's why I never watched. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was busy. <laughs> and and when I Google it, it tells me about Hannibal, the guy that you know wrote Elephants Through the Alps. I'm like, that's not what I want to know. <laughs> like so, that's not what I asked you. Yeah. So so thanks for nothing, fucking Google. <laughs> thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because I I think NBC Jerk. did. I I actually believe that NBC supported the show almost as much as it could there may be stories that i don't know but i do know that when they canceled in season three they let they didn't stop airing it like it was mm -hmm. canceled pretty early on but they asked brian fuller they were like hey finish it out finish oh. your story so and you might I as well that creativity was uh was respected and um allowed i think you know it's just it's a business when there's low ratings there's low ratings you, you might as well if the budget's in place mm -hmm. and people are getting paid and sets are built and work's getting done and you have enough of a small audience where, again, before streaming, if they're going to buy the DVD and the parent company's going to make money off of those, like, you might as well just fucking put it out there. Uh, again, unlike Constantine, which, you know, I had to buy bootlegs of that DVD, but luckily that character got to live on on the CW and DC's Legends of Tomorrow with the same actor, and they're doing a fantastic, wacky-ass job with them on there, nice. as opposed to like, yeah, this this is too spooky for people that want to watch. Uh, I'm gonna guess one of twenty-something Law and Orders, and then their local news, and yeah. then. I don't know, maybe Jimmy Fallon was in charge by then. I don't know what happened. Which is so funny because I bet you there were so many people that were like, I can't watch Hannibal. It's too gross. But I will watch Law and Order SVU where a woman gets brutally raped and murdered every week. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like that. I, I, I like it because Mariska Haggerty's there. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> well, of, Hay, whatever her last name is. I can't remember. I love her, but I can't remember her last name. Speaking as the only new Yorker who hasn't worked on any of the Law and Orders yet, um, hire me. Anyway, <laughs> that show's been on so long that crew hangs on to it with yeah. a death grip. I think it's been like 20 seasons, right? It's Something crazy, like that. Which, you know, respect. Respect oh, for yeah. something that can last that long. But I'm just also like, damn, all these things get canceled and this is a cockroach. It won't go. <laughs> like, what are they gonna do after that? <laughs> I know. Where's gonna where's the law and order gonna be? <laughs> like what law? What order? <laughs> Which I think we're all okay with that. I used to watch those uh those marathons like every Memorial Day. Probably like oh, yeah. 
10 years ago. They had marathons for Law and Order. Every one of them, all the different ones. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I forget the guy's name, but he was in the cell. But he was on like a bunch. Oh, what's his name? I forget his name, but I know you're talking about. The movie creepy. The Cell. Yeah, he's super creepy. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, yes. yes. And he's very um, aloof, I guess is the right, kind of the right word in the show. And I remember being like, I like these. I don't like these. I like these. I don't like these ones. <laughs> other ones like you yeah, know yeah. but the originals with uh sam waterston i think is was the original yeah. lawyer oh my god anyway that's a whole different topic of conversation <laughs> but i did look up um something about things that were on around the same time which was america's got talent and david the company's aquarius which i don't even know oh, that was his it was about uh charlie manson and the manson girls i believe oh. i never watched it though i heard it was fine i don't know i feel like charlie manson um is one of those things where i'm like what fucking else can you tell me about that <laughs> like i just yes. yeah i'm like i'm over it i'm over it <laughs> there was a that? part on mindhunter that was about that too because i did watch that as well yeah, yeah. mindhunter yeah. <laughs> on netflix yes. mindhunter is uh, pretty I, good i haven't watched that one i did watch charlie says which stars, uh, which has Matt Smith, the 11th Doctor Who as Charles Manson. And he does a pretty good job of it, but it, it's from the ladies' point of view. And, well, that, and that I'm always, I'm always interested in learning more about the Manson girls, but I also think they do not have nearly as much depth as we think they do. That I may dare be a you mistake, say, but- I dare you besmirch Squeaky From in such a way. <laughs> But I think they're interesting. I just think they're not interesting enough to where I need 20 different stories about these women. So just three. <laughs> just, just three. three. <laughs> just, yeah. just three ladies yeah. talking about their time with Charlie. That, that I would find interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, talking about their time, their summer on the ranch, mm -hmm. hanging out. <laughs> Sounds Good. like no, that, when you first said, I was like, is this Charlie's Angels? <laughs> Talking about their time with Charlie. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of Charlie's Angels. Right. It ends in murder. Same Charlie. <laughs> There's no Bosley. There's a Tex and a Squeaky. Yeah. That was, that was also one reason I was so in, intrigued by how much I loved Hannibal because and surprised by it because I do, and this is something I've talked about on the podcast before and I've yelled at Rick about before, but I get so tired of stories about men, men's journey into becoming psychopaths. Like it's just cause it's so tired, yeah. but I feel like with Hannibal and you mentioned, you know, how this show really explores what, what in you snaps, what, how does this happen? And with Will and all of his, you know, he, he's got, he, he's got so many issues, um, <laughs> so many. And the way it's explored in his connection with Hannibal, and it's like, like you're watching it thinking, oh my God, is, is he the Ripper? Like, is he killing them? And, and just all these different thoughts that you have. I was so surprised that I was so interested in that because if it was done in such, in any poor way, I would have been like, ah, I don't care. He's probably killing them and I just don't care. If he's not killing them, then he's boring, whatever. And, um, but with Hannibal, it's just done so well. And it's such an interesting take. Yeah, it was just ahead of its time by a hair. It was ahead of its time by a hair. 
Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Like a lot of it, um, I don't want to bring this into really, but the stag stuff, <laughs> I thought. Oh, I yes, the stag stuff. We need to talk about that. Like, honestly, I was just like, oh, there's a stag in it, falling around. And I didn't really, for whatever reason, really latch onto that till Brianna said, started sending me stuff about that. Just randomly. And, then, and I was like, I didn't even, I don't know why, I didn't even think about that aspect. Like, all of a sudden, there's a stag in there um, a lot. So I kind of was trying to figure that out too, like what it meant to him. I knew what it was explained to me, but then I, I tried to erase that and do my own thing from there. Yeah. But like, even like as a former like teacher, I always think like nature versus nurture with, with mm. that kind of stuff and how him collecting, Will Graham's character collecting strays, like how that had to do with Abigail's relationship and then his relationship even with Hannibal and why he kind of twisted the truth. But if you notice, he kept not accepting the truth of those situations um, because he was so wanted to believe in the good of strays too. But anyway, yeah. I've just totally probably veered 18 times, <laughs> which is about right. But oh no, my God, I, for us yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. Gabriana, I would love to oh go ahead, Zuzu. Sorry. I think it's all significant. There's like nothing in it that's not. That's, yeah, that's why so I keep uncovering more stuff. And I'm like, and it's not conflicting. It's just Oh, just, exactly. You know. Yeah. Brianna, I would love to hear like when you noticed the stag, like what made you look it up more and what made you notice these things? Like when what was that moment for you? She pointed out that um, Hannibal had a, a stag statue in his office, and mm -hmm. like, I was like, that's crazy. Like, I understand what this stag kind of represents, but like, why a stag in particular? I was like, I'm always like asking, like, why the hell is it raining on this day, and it's not on this day? Like, weird stuff, yeah. and I'm like, maybe that's too far. I don't know. But then I like looked up symbolism of the stag, and then I saw, just happened to stumble upon half stag, half human symbolism, because he appears with that as well and in Algonquin um, like culture and what they believe is uh, the, the symbolism of the half stag half human is symbolic of psychosis and cannibalism which was dead on specific I, I got like goosebumps I was like geez what the so I like immediately sent it to her I was like check this out so like anybody that like has the desire to feed on human flesh without it being necessary has what they call uh, Oh, I forget what it's called now. Crap. But I look, I see the phone reach going on. on. <laughs> I, I save it. It's just like this title of the half stag, half um, human. I guess I can say it, but it starts with a W. Anyway, it's this like weird thing. And um, so when did Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why. I just was what? Whoever was in that movie last night. So yeah. Anyway. What, what, yeah, what was it? With, is it I, I think it's pronounced when, Wendigo. The Wendigo. Yes, the Wendigo, as far as I know, is a kind of a Canadian or Northern North American myth that people that have engaged in cannibalism now become this kind of uh, Sasquatch X creature, but it's their curse that they become this. I, I didn't know so much about stags being involved because i'm mostly used to like the the marvel comics description of it that it's just like this this kind of abominable snowman kind of thing oh no there's multiple variations and a lot of them as with all great very, stories yeah and a lot of them take on very animalistic like they have very specific animal aspects to them like a stag and like there's some that are like a fucking bear and like stuff like that 
Okay. Yes. Now, but but for cannibalism, uh, just just everybody sound off. Who would be pro hot sauce uh, if they were? Eating? <laughs> no, I would. So, I, I mean, if I, <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's already happening where I'm gonna have to eat the human meat, I mean, it's so stupid to say no. Don't give me the hot sauce. I would like to taste exactly where this person has been. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, our our guests raised their hands as well, but what what's your 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 uh, explanation of why you're pro hot sauce? Please. Uh, why notice. Pro, do you want to use yeah. another? Why are you pro? Is hot that sauce? for us? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, for oh, cannibalism. I just put um, hot sauce on everything. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Me too. It's just I literally do anything. I have like a whole tube in there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's all. There's there is one sticker company that sends us their hot sauce too. It's the strangest thing. They have their own hot sauce. Great. That's funny. What, one of, one of my goals at the end of quarantine is to be a contestant on Hot Ones, the game show, probably with Chelsea. But we gotta we gotta build her up for that because I need her for the young people trivia that I don't know. Chelsea, what's a Skrillex? I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, Rick was threatening to take me off his Hot Ones team because I made the rookie mistake of I was eating, I'm obsessed with uh, Takis, and I was eating Takis, and I accidentally wiped my eye. Like, nope, nope, that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just wasn't thinking, <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I was bad. I was just like this most of the day, just like, yeah, there's Taki in my eye, don't, don't judge. <laughs> But I do yeah. love hot stuff. Yeah. I do same thing. I just think I, I've always wanted like I, I always I go like I just want to taste with hot sauce first, and then maybe I'll try it without. But what's the point? So. <laughs> yeah. I I need that I need the flavor masked because I already I mean I've been vegetarian for ten years. I'm already not going to be happy about the situation that I'm eating meat, and then adding on that it's human meat. I'm going to be like, I I need to mask it with as much. <laughs> hot sauce. Yeah. yeah. Also, why am I in a situation where I need to eat human meat, but I still have hot sauce? We're just talking <laughs> hypothetically speaking. And if I've learned anything from the sexiest show on TV, Barbecue Pitmasters, it's that the love is in the rub. The love is in the rub. It is. Love it. But the last, uh, the last thing that we wanted to talk about with Hannibal, um, which we've already dipped into several times, uh, is the acting. And um, I, I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about it. It's such a stellar cast. And I think Mads Mikkelsen is easily my favorite portrayal of Hannibal. Yeah. For me, I, I think that was the very first thing I noticed about the, the show. Like from mm. the get go, I was like, the acting is so good. Like, you know, because anybody that can bring you in like that is, they have to be great at what they do and they have that chemistry with each other. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, they, you can tell. And again, I watched this panel and they were just <laughs> saying that there's a level of comfort between them, between the two main characters, which are Hugh Dancy, who was Will Graham, and Mads, which, who was Hannibal, that they had already worked together before, but they had a good chemistry offset. So it, they felt safe doing certain things with each other. So I feel like that came across for our benefit as the watchers of it. So right yeah. away, that was my first, you know, everybody and it was so good, so good. Yeah, I just like that Mads doesn't even have to move his face and you know how he's feeling in that moment. This is like one flick of the eye and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. wow, he's angry right now. Like, like when he gets annoyed at Mason Berger, like you see him just like, this is the way he looks. He looks annoyed. And he doesn't really change his face much. I'm like, no, it's so He's the same. Yeah. It's, it's so just weird. his eyes. He's 
like eye acting. It's just just his eyes. No, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is so like, I would, whenever I watch, I just think if this guy was my psychiatrist, I would have a mental breakdown. Like there's just, because the way he like, he's so stoic, but his eyes tell you a completely different story. Yeah. So good. He's so good. And you wouldn't get a refund after your breakdown. No, and I bet my insurance doesn't cover him either. Probably not. <laughs> so, so all, all the fans here are pro Maddie Milkinsons, even though Sir Anthony Hopkins is a knight of the realm. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm gathering. From He's just, they're both different. My opinion is they're both different. Exactly. Yeah, I'm on Mad's team because I'm so into the, the series, Hannibal. But mm. when I watched Red Dragon, I was like, He's so damn good, Anthony Hopkins. So yeah. damn good. Mm-hmm. But not like compare. Like I don't. I don't. For some reason, my brain won't compare them. They did with the Will Grams, though. I was like, no. <laughs> Will Graham, thanks very much, Ed Norton. And I'm a big fan of Ed Norton. I know. My club. Like I'm a huge fan of Ed Norton, but not as Will Graham. Yeah. Too late. Too late. <laughs> but there's a lot of face shots. You notice like the camera angles on the on the actors. That's why I think they're especially good. There's like eye shots face shots like yes. especially second going to the third season it's like and the second season at dinners all you see is like their face a shot of their neck a shot of their mm-hmm. mouth like what yeah. the heck? <laughs> like well, i can't even see it come on no it's so good <laughs> they, they do, yeah they do so many good close shots and i feel like they do a great job of showing like these are real people because it'll be like even in like harsh lighting where you can see their pores and like all of this stuff like they do a really good job of um I mean, they cast, I mean, it is a very beautiful cast, but they, they feel real. It doesn't feel like a glamorized, uh, yeah, doesn't feel like a glamorized, like CW type of cast. It feels, you, you feel connected to all of them. And I say that loving CW shows, but I love CW shows because that's a glamorized cast. That's what I'm looking for. Just, just wait, uh, Brian Fuller's going to do Teenage Hannibal, he's a samurai, <laughs> on the CW. I'm down. I'm oh. down for that. I want teenage, teenage Hannibal dealing with hormones. <laughs> Again, having seen Hannibal Rising, no, you don't. <laughs> no, but that's why I want to see it because I have seen Hannibal Rising and I don't like it, so I want it redone. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's what I'm saying. I that because I've seen it. That's why I'm like Brian Fuller. You can fix this. Brian Fuller did better. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And the fact they got Gillian Anderson on the show and she's amazing in it is, she's my favorite character easily. Which one? Gillian Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Gillian Anderson. How does she talk though? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice until you pointed it out and I was like, she does talk. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to have to go back and watch some of her scenes because I I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I've noticed it as much. And I think now I'm going to be like, this scene could have been over. 45 seconds ago like if you would speak it up sends <laughs> the series uh time length episodes yeah. that she's on I like right. her need 44 time. minutes plus commercials yeah <laughs> oh, i was like are we really <laughs> like, no, i didn't notice any commercial that um she in the third season when her and will start doing the psychoanalysis kind of stuff they're just being bitchy at each other like, so over over Hannibal. And I'm like, yeah. we were watching, wow. I'm like, whoa, whoa. But yeah. They have such power plays with each other. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
I love actually, it. She does say something key. I thought when she said to him, he, she said at one point to Will, I think Hannibal was really trying to help you. And you know, it's like one of her only sincere moments in that entire show where you know she like took the mask off for a minute. And I was like, huh. Cause she always says she was behind the veil with Hannibal. And I was like, I totally feel like she always had a costume on when any scenes she was in, except that one breakdown scene in the beginning, the very first episode of season three, when she watches that guy getting killed and she's participating because she wondered what would have happened and she let it happen. So, you know, then he, Hannibal says to her, then you're not observing, you're participating. Yeah. And, um, and then there's like a joke later when he kills that guy with the, with the knife in the head. Oh, the ice pick or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And she, you technically killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like just an ice pick and he was still alive and it's like you taking it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I always thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> <laughs> she did show me this um, behind the scenes of uh, Lawrence Fish Fishburne. Yeah, yeah Jack, Crawford. Jack Crawford. Jack uh, Crawford and how he would just improvise on the spot and just yell. It made me laugh so hard and how they had to like stay in character and respond to him. He'd be like, he's in the parking lot. And then <laughs> they just start like, laughing. <laughs> The blooper reels, if you haven't watched them, are really good. I've watched the blooper reels. When it, when I was going through my Hannibal obsession, when it first was airing, I, I watched the blooper reels, and I'm like, this cast had so much fun. But you have to, with that subject matter, like, <laughs> damn, you gotta have some fun. <laughs> I do love hearing that the dialogue resonated with y'all so much, just as, like, artists and writers. That's so interesting, because I didn't think about it that way before, with it tying to musicians that way, so... That's a really, yeah, that's just a really cool insight. It's inspiring. Like I find it like one of those shows that just inspires with the, the words and with the, the, the chemistry of certain characters also. And just trying to like, when you're the next day trying to figure out someone's motive for what they did in the episode you watched that night before or the four you watched the night before, then you're like, okay, there's something more to this show than just, you know, eye candy or, or it, it, it is yeah. nicely shot, but there's more to it than that. The, yeah. the writing has to be really good. It's like everybody brought their A game to that show. Which Absolutely. Is yeah. She wrote some really good stuff out of it, too. I'm like, wow, holy shit. <laughs> what do you hear? You all know it's Hannibal, though. It's just... Yeah. I'm <laughs> expecting the next album to be a full Hannibal-themed rock opera. And I'm only saying it because I did see Silence of the Lambs, the musical, off-Broadway. And I don't really like musicals, but this was entertaining as shit. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't really like musicals either, so that's interesting that you say you liked it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, who, who doesn't like Buffalo Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, throwing skin together to make an outfit, it's an important thing. He's got style. <laughs> it's called fashion, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But do you guys have any any final closing thoughts about Hannibal before Rick lands the plane? <laughs> I think just yeah. I hope they do do a fourth season, but I feel like it's it's been said so much that I'm 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 not as hopeful. Yeah, but I also same. think that like I don't know what kind of life it got from going on to Netflix, but it seems to be revamped all of a sudden. So there's definitely a new interest in it. So I'm sure something will happen. God knows what, but. Yeah, for sure. I agree. That's it. Maybe they could go the Deadwood route and just do a movie for Netflix to 
put an amen on it and maybe that'll get me to watch the whole shebang there is some closure with the way it ends rick it doesn't end like on a full cliffhanger during the quarantine i've dedicated to a lot of movies i'm up to like 420 something and 520 something by now just because i've got the time uh and and that's where i'm in sticking not as much TV, but maybe someday y'all made great uh, points of why I should watch it and stick with it. But uh, previously in watching TV shows, I'm like, you got three episodes to hook me. Other than that, it's like, you know, I'm, I, I ain't got the time. I'm going to be dead someday. Yeah. And then I realized this year I had a lot of the time. Sure, <laughs> true. We've had like six months at least yeah, at this really. point. Six and a half. I always forget that. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I know. This year has been 17 years long. <laughs> it's really got its learner's <laughs> permit and it is reckless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> But as, as we bring this to a close, uh, where, where, where can everybody find you wonderfully talented ladies if they want to find out more about you and your musical and artistic endeavors? We're on Patreon or Patreon, however you want to say it. And it's uh, www.patreon.com slash Soraya Rocks. All kinds of goodies on there. Um, it's not Dead Reckoning Club anymore? Um, oh, yeah, it's still called Dead Reckoning Club. But if you look at the URL, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I should change that, actually. <laughs> but, um, Rick, why you got a reader like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want the people I'm friends with to get the money and the support because they can't come to your town and rock off of your face. You're the best. Um, just the Facebook, right? Yeah. Uh, Sarai Rocks. Yeah. All the handles, Sarai yeah. Rocks on everything. And then Sarai.com has all our live stream dates at this point and also um, our upcoming tour dates into next year, which are very hopeful to happen. So um, definitely you can get your tickets already for some of those shows. And then we should be going to Sweden still. Ooh. So um, if hoping for the end of October, which is the schedule. And if not, if it does need to be rescheduled, we'll be going in the spring. So um, European tour, look out. So <laughs> at some point you're gonna see us there. <laughs> and other than that, like, uh, yeah, we have a new single coming out soon, which we'll announce. Um, and we also have a new lathe cut coming out in October, um, which is- I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> it's only there were only 20 of the last one. Now there's 25 because it's self, financed and we're really only allowed to make a small amount because the songs are licensed elsewhere <laughs> so um yeah so there's only gonna be 25 ever made it's our angel edition of the lathe cut uh comes out i think october 6th around october 6th and you're probably only going to get it if you're on our email list. so go to soraya.com to sign up for the email list there, there'll be 24 available because as soon as it's up there <laughs> I'm, I'm clicking away i'm getting mine and i'm going to bed did you um, get the last one Yes, I did. That's what I thought. I thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna, you, you, yes? This one's round, and it, the last one was square and transparent. This one's round, transparent with gold trim. Ooh. Angel, nice. Look at fancy now. <laughs> and the keeps getting more elaborate because Brianna takes the original image and adds to it. You'll see everyone in Dunn's going to progress. Hey, Chelsea, what about you? Where can the people find you? Uh, this is Chelsea Bennington on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the only two things I'm on. And I will plug, um, Rick and I are both Patreon members uh, of Soraya, Dead Reckoning Club, and definitely worth it. 
Thanks for plugging that. You get get on it. There's fun. There's fun stuff. Cats show up. Voodoo Elvis and then uh, Gypsy Rose. They, right. they, they make their appearances. If you like cats, which and there do. will and there will be a throw throw burrito. Hopefully, <laughs> coming soon. Maybe yeah. with the Muppet Muppets of us. With yeah. the Muppets. There's also a video of Zuzu and Bree talking about uh, Hannibal as well. So it's a nice companion piece to this podcast. <laughs> You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. One day we'll be able to do another show. Not in Sweden, just in a sweaty-ass uh, basement of a bar somewhere in midtown Manhattan after a <laughs> vaccine happens and everybody is safe. Until then, we just make the funny on mic. <laughs> but thank you for joining us, ladies. Uh, you got an open door anytime you want to come on. Want to have Brianna back on to talk about slashers at a later date. We'll theorize about that, so be ready. And, no. and if Zuzu wants to join you and be the Waldorf to your Statler for that one, that's fine. <laughs> Please. It took me a minute for that to register. By <laughs> I'll be the Waldorf. Sure. <laughs> I have to up. I have to up my slasher movie watching though first. Then again, no, I won't. I do watch a lot of slasher. I've sent you <laughs> multiple music documentaries. Oh, I'm pretty sure you know she. Susan would like the L7 doc. She'd like Gimme Danger because I know she loves Iggy Pop and you're like, not watching Hannibal again. <laughs> Yo, for real though, I watched them like Gimme Danger already. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, but I didn't watch the L7 one yet, but I will. I will. Mm-hmm. I went back and almost watched Bad Reputation again last week. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. All right. So in closing, everybody, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Until next time.